All right. So now we can say something cool. Yeah. Well, so Brian, you got a new background. I do. This is my new office. Uh, well, nice. this is wood paneling. <laughs> yeah, this is Very the most 70s. uninteresting view in this office. <laughs> and and so, Alex, you're back from uh, Texas and Minnesota. Yeah, moved my brother up from Austin, Texas to Ely, Minnesota. It's about a 17 hour drive. Holy crap. Uh, it's exhausting. Wow. Yeah. That is the longest <laughs> headphone cord I've ever seen. Uh, these are Sony. I don't know if it's on this side or the other side, but they say yeah. professional on them. Right. These are like the, the studio headphones of choice for public radio. So it's got like the old school phone cord style oh. where it like stretches super far. So you oh, could yeah. like go to the neighbors to borrow sugar while you're still. Uh, this is, I think it's literally like 15 <laughs> meters or something like insane like that. Holy shit. Yeah, that's like an entire apartment. But, but, but then it really like, then when it hangs unstretched, it's like two meters long. It was a good technology. I don't know why yeah. we only did it with phone cords. I don't know. Uh, everything should be springy. MDR 7506, Sony Dynamic Stereo Headphones. Um, yeah, Brian just moved my brother. Brian just moved and you didn't move. Did you, Ben? Nothing, nothing weird. Uh, well, Cassie and I broke up so that. <gasps> oh no. I'm uh, really sorry to hear that. It's okay. Are you it's, okay? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It was in some ways unexpected, but in other ways, you know, there had been issues and tensions and long distance during a pandemic when you can't see each other was hard and then now that i'm like vaccinated and could do stuff i'm like going into a really busy period where i like don't want to like throw everything off the then now <laughs> broken up it's also a little bit like everything's been thrown off yeah so, uh, anyway that's like my update but but overall i think i don't know what it is it in some ways easier than I would have expected, maybe just because had been doing long distance. Mm. So in some ways, my day to day hasn't changed that much. Right. Um, so I was essentially like living alone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've not, not having any physical contact or anything. So. Oh, well, that is rough either way. I'm really sorry to hear that. But yeah, I, you have a very positive perspective. On yeah, it. I know. Um, yeah. How long I mean, were you two together? Uh, two and a half years. That's a chunk of time. It's, it's maybe like my longest relationship. I had another one of a similar length that that was like, kind of like my first good relationship. And mm. so I, that one, I was like super heartbroken when it ended. I think this was like probably a better relationship. So I don't know if I'm just more like, like kind of older and calloused at this point or, or what exactly, but... Were you living together? We, I guess the beginning of pandemic, I kind of moved in with her, um, you know, to like kind of like minimize our exposure, mm -hmm. especially because like, you know, very early on, I was like all about touching surfaces, like no one knew what was going on, right? Mm -hmm. So I was living in a condo and she was living in a house that had kind of been split up into apartments with one roommate. Also, she's better care of her place than I knew. <laughs> So I ended up kind of moving with her for a couple of months and then she got a new job. So she moved up to New York and I stayed down in Atlanta. I, I visited her for a while. So, you know, I think there, 
a number of episodes that I recorded when I was up there, though now that's kind of hazy in my memory. Mm. But so like, yes and no, we never did the official like, oh, we're going to move in together and like pool all of our stuff. It was just like I spent a couple months living at her place, basically. Well, I mean, that makes it a little bit easier. I mean, breakups suck, but when the logistics are really tied to it. Yeah, I, 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 I have to send her up her Chronicles of Narnia book collection. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Oh, <laughs> it's a delightfully comical end. Yeah, I've, I've lost a few things in breakups. Uh, I had uh, the complete series of an indie comic called Ultra Klutz. And mm. uh, my girlfriend from Newark got to keep those in the breakup. <laughs> were, were you living in Newark for a while? No, no, no. She, she moved to Baldwin, Missouri, unfortunately for her. This was a middle school thing. Okay. My first punk rock girlfriend. So I feel your pain, Ben. I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's the exact same situation <laughs> exactly. when yeah. I was in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> oh, Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Pen Pen Pals. As always, I'm Alex, and here with us are our two other hosts. Hey, this is Brian. Hey, and this is Ben. And today we're doing a bit of a different take. We're not covering any particular series. We're just doing, I guess, kind of a filler episode. But, you know, uh, we're doing... Uh, it's a bottle episode. A, a bottle episode. <laughs> we're all um, stuck in an attic together. <laughs> and all we have is one laptop that we can show each other anime to pass the time. And we've all prepared uh, a clip or two from uh, shows that the other two either are not familiar with or have not seen in their entirety. Do I, do I guess that's going to be kind of a surprise is whether or not we know each other's stuff, right? So we're, we're going into this blind. So mm-hmm. it could be that we actually prepared a clip that the other people are very familiar with. Oh, that's true. I just assumed neither of you knew this, but okay. <laughs> all right. That's true. Well, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to tease my which is that I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast in the past, but I can't remember if you guys said you were familiar with it or not. Is it The Expanse? It's not The Expanse. <laughs> I, I did pick an anime. All right. So, that I was thinking of another one, which is like maybe technically an anime, but I, I do another one of these episodes. There's one I'm really dying to share with you guys. Okay. So, uh, I guess without further ado, let's get into it. And Brian is going to go first. Do you want to set this up? Sure. So, my clip is from the series Fate Zero, season two. Um, I, I don't believe either of you have seen anything from the Fate universe. Is that correct? I have not. Okay. If I remember correctly, is it Studio A1 or Studio Clover? Uh, it is Type Moon. Which is oh, okay, never mind. mostly a video game company. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> but they actually have tons of money <laughs> to make from really the pretty. Fate universe. Yeah, uh, so the the fans call it the Type Moon universe. Okay, it's one of these animes that I really really like, but it's also a very hard sell. Sort of like Gundam, it's a bit convoluted. Uh, there's not quite a linear story. Like you can be a fan of like one season, like, or rather one installment of the story and others might not have anything to do with the thing that it is you, that, that you love. There's a story in like a mobile app game, which is what it's mostly known for. 
And, uh, you know, like a light novel or a manga or an anime or an OVA may or may not uh, line up with that exactly. Mm. Um, so the lore is like vast and deep, but also um, I, I, I hesitate to say that there's any one authoritative narrative about it, but I'm, I'm sure hardcore fans would disagree with that. But for me, I, I feel like it's very comfortable for creating your own headcanon. Mm. Um, none of you will understand what's going on in the clip I show you, <laughs> but that's part of the fun. Don't you? <laughs> you tell me what I understand. We're anime geniuses at this point. <laughs> All right. So um, my opinion is that Fate Zero is the safest place to start, sort of like Gundam Origin, the origin, but I might regret saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a prequel uh, series but I watched some of it with my wife and I found that I had to explain quite a bit. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's not the best starting point because <laughs> it does assume that, you know, a lot of things already. So. Great setup. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, so you mentioned it was like Gundam origins, but like kind of um, when you were thinking through stuff, why did this, why did this series in particular pop out to you? Um, there's, there's a few anime that I really, really like a lot, uh, but they're all deeply flawed. They're all kind of things that are a hard sell for me to my friends. So it's hard to share that and like geek out and talk about like my favorite anime. Uh, but since we're doing this one-off kind of experiment, I was like, oh, this will be fun uh, to throw this completely random thing <laughs> with no context <laughs> that'll be almost indecipherable. Okay. So you're saying that this does have its flaws, but it's something that you kind of like nonetheless? Yeah. The clip I'm showing you is why I like the show. Awesome. Should we, should we do yeah, it? Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, season two, episode 16 called The End of Honor. And we're starting at the 10 minute mark. Ooh. So we're usually pretty flexible between sub and dub, but I would like to insist on the subtitle version uh, just because the voice acting performance for the Japanese voice actors is um, some of my favorite voice acting performances, even though it's in another language. Uh, and I have watched it dubbed, but I feel like it loses a lot of the dramatic impact. No offense to the English voice actors. Well, some offense. <laughs> so is the game series this is based on like a RPG? Yes. Or like a fighting game? Okay. <gasps> What is happening? <laughs> Good throw. That's it. That's my clip. Holy shit. Cool. <laughs> That was a, a mood, as the kids say. <laughs> so I have one question to start off. Why did Lancer dissolve? Is it just because it's from a video game? No. So they are like legendary heroes that are summoned uh, for this like special battle royale. Okay. So they are spirits that uh, appear for the beginning and disappear when they are either killed or when the battle royale is over. Okay. So they're not real people. They are. They're sort of taken, they're, they're taken out of time and 
they're kind of really just pawns in this game that these power players are using. Okay. As I understand it, the servants participate thinking that if they win, they will be able to make use of like the grail, which is the prize at the end, which is this wish granting relic Mm. that they'll be able to use for their purposes. But that is not the case. So that one character, the blonde lady, she's like a gender gender bent King Arthur character, but then it's sent like modern day basically, or. Yeah. So Arturia Pendragon, she, uh, uh, she's kind of like the face of the franchise. You know, she, is a knight of honor and wants to uphold the uphold the code of chivalry and her idea is that if she can win the grail in this contest she can save britain oh okay so is there like a level of dramatic irony here that in the real world anyone who knows the story of arthur knows that arthur does not get the grail um well i mean uh, Once in Future King is a fictional story, right? Sure. Like all stories about King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if in this universe, all these characters like really lived and were a part of this world's history. Okay. But just talking it out, uh, I guess I would assume that Avalon and Camelot and Excalibur, I guess they're a part of this world's history. Hmm. But um, she's ignorant to like the outcome of her story. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a long way to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like one of those series where it's like, I think like I, you know, there's a lot going on. So I don't know if I followed the thread of it, but it's just like, oh, everything is like cool. Like all these characters look cool. Animation is cool. Like the music is cool. Or I feel like you could just even kind of like space out watching it and not pay a ton of attention but it's just like it's very slick i don't know mm-hmm. so that's that's the power of uh type moon a very successful video game company so all of their characters do have like slick design like for a video game uh but to my yeah. knowledge fate zero is not based on a video game i think it's from a light novel I was like, who's the who's the blonde lady wearing the coat? She reminded me of that uh, Wes Anderson. Oh yeah, uh, um, sister from um, uh, Royal Tenenbaums a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher her name. Irisel, uh, I think. Irisivel. I R I S V I E L. I think it's mm-hmm. German. It's like Castle. They like Ooh. that name. Yeah. So um, I feel like this is the kind of clip you show someone when you want them to not understand what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> Just like the out of context, like crazy shit happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, like just looking at that clip, would you, would you feel comfortable identifying who's like a good guy or a bad guy? I assume Arturia is a good guy. Yeah, so the summoned spirit and... Uh, Dr. Mood uh, was her opponent. They're like both legendary heroes and had this mutual respect and both adhered to like the code of chivalry. And they had had these duels before that got interrupted and they really wanted to have this noble fight as equals. But of course, they didn't get the ending they wanted. Mm. I I was going to guess that wheelchair guy is a bad guy. And then the magic dude with the gun is like the chaotic neutral like trickster kind of character uh that's a pretty good assessment in general there's not clear good guys and bad guys it's all just Mm. shades of gray uh the guy in the wheelchair was almost killed by the guy with the machine gun uh kiritsumi 
and uh, he's uh, the headmaster of like a school for mages uh, and a huge asshole. So he's Professor X? <laughs> no, no, no. So he was not an invalid. Like he was almost killed recently. And like, that's why he was bandaged up and in the wheelchair now. But uh, I don't know if he's a bad guy or if he's just kind of a dick. Like, cause he's just a real arrogant, like privileged piece of shit, but not necessarily evil. Uh, and Kirutsumi, the guy with the machine gun who engineered this betrayal, he's just an assassin that was hired by the other lady with the silver hair. Interesting. One of the things that kind of reminded me of, and this is something I haven't seen for like two decades, but I'm a little curious because I think we watched it together, Alex, was uh, X. That like movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that also has kind of like very powerful people, but like in a modern world or like modern landscape and kind of a combination of magic and another weird shit going on and mm -hmm. just had a very cool vibe definitely yeah. very cool so i mean this is one of my favorites because like uh there is kind of a superhero aspect to it you know it's like these seven legendary heroes you know picked throughout history like fictional mm -hmm. history and you get to see these dazzling battles but they all have their cell mm -hmm. also seven masters who are all mages at the top of their class or whatever with the exception of the assassin and they also participate in the battle. But uh, I also really like the politics of it all because it's this world where mages exist and they're super, super powerful and they could destroy the world. And uh, they come from these rivaling houses. Uh, so there's this church called the Grand Order that engineers this armistice. So like only once every 10 years can they do this combat. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of that is just like gleaned in the background of the story, right? It's like lore mining. So maybe a lot of hardcore fate fans would disagree with me and say I have the wrong impression. But again, I haven't consumed all of what fate encompasses. Uh, so what I have received, like this is sort of the headcanon that I've gleaned. Mm. And it's something that I really enjoy. I have one more question. So Arturia or, or Arthur, okay, this king is awesome, which I didn't understand why they gender bent the character, but not the role. I, I assume there's a reason for that other than laziness. Like there has to be like a, a purpose to it. Um, so that's someone who is supposed to be a ruler, but now they are in a subservient role because they have been summoned for this thing. Does that ever play into it? Or are they kind of shadows of their former self because it's not their time anymore? Yeah, it comes into effect. Uh, so the master has command seals like three times they can force the servant you know they lose their free will but only three times for the rest of the time you got to be a little political for the servant to go along with this battle royale this game for power you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean and so mm. and this is part of the drama because like arturia like she believes in righteousness and honor and she is serving an assassin who has no honor. He doesn't give a shit. He wins his game with deception and he does it in the most cruel way. He makes this guy like betray his servant and like sacrifice the thing he valued most, his honor, and then kills him. <laughs> it's just fucking cold blooded. And that's who Arturia has to serve. Like he's just against everything she values. Hmm. And we see that in many of these 
master servant situations. Hmm. Uh, so like Gilgamesh is another uh, hero that's summoned and um, it feels like he holds most of the power in the master servant relationship mm-hmm. and like the mage that's the actual master he has to play along with that in order to get Gilgamesh to do what they want him to do. Hmm. Um, I, I don't want to rush things, but I am kind of on a limited oh, time. Man. All right, let's do this. Um, and I'm, I'm also itching to do mine if you guys are ready to. Yeah. 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 Thank you uh, for that comprehensive look at fate zero. Yeah. That was uh, really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ben, uh, what is your clip? Do you have any setup or are we just going into this blind? I have queued up the thing. Is there a timestamp? Uh, I was just going to do, it's just episode one, starting from the beginning. Um, I didn't think to to find an awesome clip the way <laughs> Brian did. Uh, but this is an anime called Ping Pong or mm. Pinpon in Japanese. The Ping Pong itself, I think, is Takyu. Um, and so this is an 11-episode series. It's based on a serialized manga. It follows a couple of um, competitive high school ping pong players who were also kind of childhood friends. And so the director of this series is uh, Masaki Yuasa, um, who I think was kind of most famous for this movie, Tatami Galaxy, that oh, I haven't yeah. watched. Um, recently, he did the Netflix series Devilman Crybaby, mm-hmm. which that is a, a very weird series, <laughs> very like... And it perverted. There's interesting stuff going on there. And I was just like, who the fuck made this? So I kind of looked him up and I saw Ping Pong. And Ping Pong, it's very, very different. It does share a little bit of those same trippy um, elements. And, and one of the other things he's also maybe known for in the US is he guest directed an episode of Adventure Time called Food Chain. The caterpillar eats the Then leaf. the bird eats the caterpillar. Then the big bird eats the little the bird. The big bird then dies and its remains <laughs> decompose into rich, fertile and from soil. that soil, a new plant bursts to life. And then the caterpillar eats the plant again. Which is... <gasps> Like oh, wow. especially trippy episode of an yeah. already trippy show. Yeah, yeah. I can Sounds see like it. you guys remember that one. Yes. Um, it's a, it's yeah, one of the kind episodes. Of sure. Consciousnesses getting transferred between different animals within this food chain. And uh, cool. And so I think one of the things that first drew me to this series, uh, first of all, have, have you guys watched it by mm, any chance? Never seen it. So it's possible that I've seen all of it with my brother when I was younger, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I thought the anime that I saw was called Ping Pong Club. So hmm. maybe a different thing. I'm not sure. So one of the things that first drew, to, drew me to it is its animation style. So it has these like kind of thin, almost like scraggly lines sometimes that Ooh. sort of looks like it was drawn in MS Paint and it's kind of this weird combination of being kind of like hyper-realistic in some ways, but a little bit low budget and shaggy in other ways. Ooh. And I just think it looks cool. And then the the show itself, you know, so it's, it's about ping pong. And, and so there's kind of this sports story, but it's also, it's like very kind of slice of life. And it's really like focuses on these characters who are people that maybe you wouldn't normally like focus on, you know, like just like the coach of a high school ping pong team and, and, and kind of very low stakes in a lot of ways. Um, but, but I think the thing that then really hooked me is the themes. 
So maybe, maybe we should watch this clip and then we can get into some of that stuff. So okay. is this anime? And a melon. And a melon. Yeah. Okay. And a melon. Let me let me do this. Which is a, a cool site, by the way, if you're interested in learning Japanese. It's kind of animes with a bunch of cool subtitling options. Oh. It was down for a while, but it's back up now. And it's like you can have Japanese and English subtitles at the same time. And then you can like mouse over a word in the subtitles and get a translation and stuff like that. Can you tell it's based on a manga? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Ultraman. Oh, now it doesn't. Oh my gosh, I love this <laughs> style so much. So that gesture of pushing up the glasses, that means like serious business, right? Time to get serious. I feel like this might be as good of a spot as any to end the clip. Yeah. It's groovy. Yeah, it's just kind of very like, unique style kind of both the animation and I think that the rhythms you get this kind of like really like cool fast-paced action anime but but it's all like just ping pong and then you know just a lot of stuff of these kind of off the beaten tracks kind of characters old people who are really into ping pong and these weird high school students and um so it's a little bit like a buddy cop kind of thing right where you have these two high school kids who are foils of each other there's the super serious dude and then there's the goofy kid who can't follow all the rules he's skipping practice and stuff mm -hmm. but they're both these super talented ping pong players and a lot of this series is about kind of talent and what you do with talent and how seriously you take life and and kind of gets into like what's the point of all of this anyway? Cause like ultimately it is really low stakes, right? Like it's just fucking playing like ping pong, right? <laughs> and like, you know, you could spend hours and hours getting incrementally better at ping pong, but like, like, you know, like kind of what's the point of that if it's then not fun or whatever. Mm. And I think that those were kind of issues kind of like that. Uh, like, like what is the point of all of this was something that I, struggled a lot with in in high school and and throughout my life and i think this um this show has a i don't know it's, it's it asks those questions in an interesting way and so we mainly kind of bounce between those two modes there of the kind of ping pong action and just kind of people standing around talking but then there is a little bit of a third thing going on there that we you basically just see it in the very intro of the show and the theme song of the show, which is that flying dude with the wings. And um, I don't want to spoil it, but it does kind of end in this strange place. There's, um, you know, it's still realism. There's no sci-fi or fantasy elements, mm -hmm. but there is kind of like a weird other thing that that's going on in, in the background of the show. I love the contrast between the two things that you guys chose. Because uh, Ping Pong Club, I mean, it's from uh, manga, but presumably it like that's a starting point for it, right? Whereas Fate Zero, there's like a whole, like you said, a whole ton of stuff that precedes it. Um, and like, look at the difference in yeah. the animation styles. Like Fate Zero is ultra modern, like super sleek. Everything looks super cool. But Ping Pong Club, it like takes all these funny angles to approach things and is 
it seems like the the animation style is more informed by the subject matter of ping pong than it is by any sort of uh, uh, standard like industry techniques. There's a funny connection between our mm. two choices. The ping pong anime is produced by a uh, Sat. Gosh darn it, Tatsunoko Production Studios, and they did one single episode of Fate mm. Apocrypha, which is largely considered the best episode of the whole Fate series, but from the worst installment oh. of the Fate series. But it's interesting. interesting. Um, what, what I noticed about your clip was like the action choreography and of course the angles, the camera angles, the cinematography. And that's what like really stood out in that one single episode. Yeah, of yeah, there's, yeah there's a bunch of cool angles. And then also that kind of split screen thing where it, it is, I think in a little bit of the ways that sometimes it would in FLCL, it's kind of like playing with the boundaries between like a, a manga and a, an anime. Mm. So I was trying to find the reference, but I couldn't. But uh, I do remember in the 90s, and I did find out this this came out in 96, I think. I didn't look that up. I can't remember. But anyway, um, there was a Hong Kong movie, not Shaolin Soccer, but it was like Shaolin mm. Ping Pong, but that's not, not what it's called. But it was another one of these like really over the top. Is a, what, was it know, a Stephen comedy, Chow? But said... I want to say it was, but um, I looked it up and I couldn't find it. And hopefully I'm just not <laughs> hallucinating all of this. But uh, what reminded me of it was when you were talking about what's the point of all this. And at the end, like the the arch rival starts to play for the just for the pleasure of the game. And like, I guess I just spoiled <laughs> the end of the movie. I'm just a walking spoiler, man. So I have not seen this at all. Uh, there is two different animes. One is called Ping Pong Club, uh, and this is just Ping Pong the Animation. And uh, this came out in 2014. So it's actually oh, much more recent okay. than I would have uh, thought. Yeah, but. yeah, that's interesting. It does. There's something kind of more old school about the animation. It, right. it sort of reminds me a little bit of like, you know, squiggle vision stuff in the u.s like uh dr cats and home movies and i think there is uh, maybe something that's like thematically a little similar to of just the way that they kind of pace conversations and stuff like that that it's a very mm-hmm. naturalistic kind of weird conversations where it's almost the stuff that you would cut out of another thing that it, it becomes like the point of this is just mm. uh that kind of level of realism and just kids saying dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the manga came out in 96. Oh, okay. And I have one question, which is uh, I love when cigarettes get animated and I love when hands get animated because I think they're both difficult if you do them just straight. And so <laughs> either you do the hard work and do them straight or you make really stylistic choices. And I'm wondering if the old smoking lady, was she also a ping pong player in her youth? She was. So mm-hmm. both of the coaches have their... I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, didn't rewatch very much. But if I remember... You know, it's kind of the way they set it up that the kid who's going to school and going to that club, his mentor is the guy working at the school. And then the other kid ends up kind of practicing more, you know, with that old lady as as um, his mentor. And the two coaches have, you know, some kind of history, too, I think, and, and their own 
experiences as being, you know, ultra competitive high school players. So, and it is kind of um, a fun intergenerational story like that, where it's almost, there are these grandmotherly or grandfatherly figures and, and kind of that culture clash. Yeah. Hey, so I, I found what I was thinking of. It's actually the live action movie. Whoa, of that exists? <laughs> so it's, it's just called Ping Pong. Came out in oh, wow. 2002. Uh, Peko, that's the main character yeah, from your show. Yeah. Usually I hate <laughs> live action adaptations, but it was really funny. I, I'm 100% sure of this, but there was this, um, you know, it's that style of thing where it's a live performance with the people in the black, dressed all in black that are like manipulating things. And there is one of those yeah. of a ping pong thing where it like rotates 90 degrees and does all this stuff. Does yeah, the Matrix I think that, effects. that might be a live action of a scene from this show <laughs> that yeah, rings any awesome. bells for people. Okay, well, thank you for that. Uh, is anybody, is everybody ready for our third and final one? Let's do it. Yeah. I was racking my brain for this and I kept thinking, oh, show off something that has something to do with what we want to cover next or show off something that really... Uh, speaks to you from like a creator that you like and finally everything came together in one solid thing. So my presentation is Urutse Yatsura which is a very popular anime in Japan. I don't think it has a lot of visibility outside of Japan. Like people might recognize the main character uh, this alien girl Lum but other than that people like I had no idea what this was what it was about but as I watched a couple episodes to see was it funny was it fun it like things that would be referenced in anime much later kept coming up again and again and so it seems to be this I don't know heavily referenced work even so even if you don't know it you know people who loved it uh, at mm -hmm. least in your creators and the reason it, or let's just, well, I'll show the clips and then uh, I'll, we can talk about who the creators are and all of that stuff. Okay, so the basis of the show is that aliens have come down onto Earth and they're going to destroy the planet. Pretty standard stuff. Unless this young man, I think it's Ataru, uh, he, unless he can grab uh, the alien girl Lum's horns in a game of tag. This is the final day of the competition. So he has tried many tactics to win this game. And so, so the, is the English translation called this obnoxious aliens? Sometimes. Okay. And sometimes it's just called Lum. Sometimes it's called the invader girl. It's called like it has a whole bunch of different uh, translations. Uh, I, th I think one of the literal translations of the Japanese title would be like, y'all are annoying. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Um, and the, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so this is the first clip. But would you listen to this crowd cheering? This is the final day at last, and look at Ataru. He shows no willingness to move at all. Are we supposed to tolerate this kind of the hell with it attitude? Now I can get married. All right, Gidget. Okay, if you insist, uh, yeah, that's the basic setup. And one of the charming things about the show is that 
you know, it is sitcom-y. Like there isn't a whole lot of uh, uh, per- storyline progression as it goes on. We kind of want it different, you know, set back up to the same day over and over. But it does keep adding these really endearing and off the wall characters. Uh, and I really fell in love with, this is Lum's cousin. I'm gonna be straight with you. About what? I'm really worried about Lum. I have no choice but to stay here. Ah! If you want Lum to be happy, then get out of her life! <laughs> Compared to you, Lum is like pearls cast before swine! <laughs> Dad! Help me! You really asked for it this time! Please! Dad! No, stop! You heard you doing! Please don't have to wait me! <laughs> oh, what is that musical sting from? It's like Dracula or something? Yeah, it's usually used for vampire stuff. So yeah, that's uh, Lum's adorable, mischievous, fire-breathing cousin who comes into conflict with uh, Ataru quite often. Uh, so, and this is the thing that clinched it. I watched up until this episode and then thankfully found this clip to share with you guys, but... Uh, I was trying to think of how this might relate to things that we've already watched, and I got my answer here. Mom, this is terrible. There's something terrible here, too. Well, you know that swallow? Well, when I gave this to it, it freaked out and flew over this way. Give me that box, now! You mean to tell me that that penguin was... It was originally a swallow. They've multiplied so quickly. <laughs> there just happened to be a oh, yeah, truck full of know. penguins. Common occurrence. <laughs> there was a shit ton of them. Which means leads me to believe that maybe Pen Pen was not a penguin to begin with. It was a swallow. So that show is uh, very popular. There are like 200 episodes. It comes from uh, a manga written by a predominant female manga artist at the time who also created Inuyasha, I think. Hmm. And oh, and I think Rama one half as well. So like very known and it just seems so highly influential. Like the character design for the kind of main character Lum, we're gonna see in Darling and the Franks, right? Like the one of the main characters mm-hmm. in that is um, like to the horns, to the attitude, like. And the mascara. Yeah, it just seemed to hit a whole bunch of points uh, that I uh, was looking for. It was funny that you mentioned that um, the episodes are kind of self-contained, that there's not really a a larger story moving forward. Because uh, the only thing I've seen of Urusai Yatsura was one of the movies, the second movie, Beautiful Dreamer, which they literally go into a Groundhog Day type scenario. The main character is lamenting that each day is just oh, like the previous awesome. one. I haven't watched that yet. Uh, so the director of the first two films and the director of most of the first hundred episodes, I think, is Mamoru Oshii who is uh, one of my favorite directors and writers. 
And he also did pinnacle works like Jin Ro. Uh, he was the director for Ghost in the Shell. Mm. Um, and he, this is kind of what he cut his teeth on. He's not really known for comedy now, but this is what he did. And that movie that you just mentioned, the second one, Beautiful Dreamer, that was his response to, or at least this is what I read. Uh, this was kind of his response to what he was doing before. Because he was, you know, putting in the work, mm. but he wanted to do things that had dreamlike qualities. Yeah. And I think after that movie is when he left the project uh, and moved on to okay. every film he did after that. Everything has a dreamlike quality where uh, reality and dreams kind of mesh into each other. There definitely is. Um, uh, what's her name? I, I guess her, the character's name is Lum. Lum, yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever seen this anime, but that character is someone that for whatever reason I'm familiar with. I don't know if it's like seeing cosplays of it or seeing figurines or something. Uh, yeah, she has some sort of vaguely defined electricity powers. And uh, you, I don't think we saw it in the clips, but I think all of those aliens can fly, uh, not just the round baby. <laughs> oh, another cool thing about this is as I was going to find clips, I happened upon several different English translations. And this series, I guess it's beloved by people who wanted to import it. And so a lot of time and effort was put into localizing it, uh, just like uh, uh, FLCL. There's actually a cool only two-part British translation that has some really high name people. Like one of the guys from Little Britain uh, does one of the voices <laughs> and they do a complete revamp of all of the cultural references and then become British references instead. So I found it highly accessible. Cool. Very cool. I feel like we really did uh, spread the gamut with our recommendations. Uh, got an old school one in there. Yeah. I'm hoping to, I don't know, I kind of want to learn more of the history of certain anime traditions like styles and, uh, you know, where a lot of the referential jokes come from. So maybe that's why I was drawn to it. There, there is a series, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, um, Gintama. Are you guys familiar with that? Oh, so, yeah. So that one is, um, it felt like when I was in Japan that that was like kind of one of the most popular ones, at least kind of among adults in my range. It's, it's sort of like the Simpsons or something where like almost every single thing is like a reference to something, but you know, like I don't get a 10th of them. So it's, mm -hmm. it just feels like wacky and crazy, but like, you know, it always feels like maybe there's some joke I'm not quite getting because it's like a parody of some celebrity or something like that. I thought of Gintama when we were watching the <laughs> yeah. penguin scene when a million penguins came out of that truck uh, because I've only seen one single clip from Gintama and they were pulling up to this truck and for some reason they needed to grab the penis <laughs> of this other guy who's in this other truck and when the truck swerves his penis uh, makes this protrusion out of the side of the truck so that's their opportunity to grab his penis and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of other phallus shaped things in the truck and a million little protrusions <laughs> come out of the side of the truck. And they're like, which one do we grab? <laughs> and that's it. That's all I know of Gintama. Common everyday occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> Why were they Don't trying to grab this guy's trying penis? trying to grab someone's dick and there's just a million phallus shaped things. It's <laughs> 
But so that was your favorite show, Ben, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Never said that. We lost. It. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm out of here. Okay, I, I, I'm right. not taking this shit no more. Well, this has been. Uh, uh, I hope we can do more of these. This was really fun. Yeah, we 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 are. You know, so we're experimenting a little bit around with the format in between seasons here. Um, so if you guys have any feedback about this episode or, or any of the previous series we've done, um, let us know. Um, if you go on iTunes and you um, leave us a review, that's like one place we can get it. And also you can email us at penpenpalspod at gmail.com. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Those are the, probably the best ways to get in touch with us. Uh, you can also tweet at us at same thing at penpenpalspod. But uh, I don't know what Twitter is really. So uh, I don't know when that will get checked. Pen. Pen. Pals. Filler. I love it. Awesome. <laughs>